This morning, uh, Brother Gales asked me to read the eighth chapter of Proverbs together. We're going to read out of the King James Version. Proverbs chapter 8. Doth not wisdom cry, and understanding put forth her voice? She standeth in the top of high places, by the way in the places of the paths. She crieth at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in at the doors. Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to, is to the sons of man. O ye simple, understand wisdom, and ye fools, be ye of an understanding heart. Hear, for I will speak of excellent things, and the opening of my lips shall be right things. For my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing froward or perverse in them. They are all plain to him that understandeth, and right to them that find knowledge. Receive my instruction, and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and find out knowledge of witty inventions. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy in the evil way, and a froward mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine, and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me, kings reign, and princes decree justice. By me, princes rule, and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor are with me, yea, durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasures. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, then was I was by him as one brought up with him, and I was daily in his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. Now therefore, hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction, and be wise, and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. But whoso findeth me findeth life. He shall obtain favor of the Lord. 
But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. I'm not sure what Gail's got on his mind this morning, but this, this chapter speaks of wisdom. I don't know if any of you older men or ladies have ever had somebody come up beside you and say, I want to sit beside you and talk with you because I'll get wisdom. How does that make you feel? It's happened to me. It, it don't make me feel like I have wisdom at all. But they're looking for something. And I think it's our responsibility sometimes to uh, respond to that and help them in any way that we can. When we think of wisdom, wisdom is not something that is uh, put together all by itself, the way I see it anyway. It takes knowledge and it takes understanding. With those two together, we can have some wisdom. And w as we think of wisdom and, and uh, faith, it takes some, some faith to, to, uh, to believe in our wisdom. And I come across a, a definition of faith this week that I hadn't thought about at all. And that definition was that faith is, is confidence in what we believe. Now that can be taken a little too far at times. If we're too confident, we become presumptuous. And we, when we become presumptuous, we'll probably setting ourselves up for failure. So as here, it says in the, in the chapter here that wisdom is better than rubies. And I take that to mean wisdom is better than wealth. Wisdom is better than, than anything you can get. God wants to impart his wisdom on us at all times. So today as we worship together with a sovereign God that we know and love, let's understand that what the message is today is God wants to impart wisdom upon us as we worship together. At this time, we'll uh, take prayer requests. And Brother Kip, would you pray for us today? That prayer requests, we'll take those now. Cheryl. Women's retreat, pray for, pray for the speaker's safety and travel. Marcia. Pray for our land and nation for healing for. Ruth. Pray for elderly that's health care workers and those that are missing their families. Anyone else? Kip, would you lead us in prayer, please?
Hallelujah. The Lord liveth. Let the rock of my salvation be exalted. Amen? Amen. Welcome to worship. You know, I sat here and I just was inspired this morning. I looked out over this congregation and I realized it's not as big as some might be. But as I looked into the faces of the people in this congregation, I could see an enthusiasm to come and worship God. Praise his name this morning. You know, I was especially inspired with uh, the encouragement Brother Bill gave us to worship and singing. And so when I came up here, this last song, I just watched these young people over here. And you know, every one of them were singing from their heart. I think there's a lot of congregations over the world today in the United States that would like to have a lot of young people singing from their heart to the Lord. Thank you. I want to reflect just a moment on Brother Dan's encouragement this morning to us. For those of you who were not here, he encouraged us to be plugged in to the glorious light of the gospel so that that would shine out from our lives. Be plugged in to Jesus Christ. Be plugged in to the word that it would illuminate our pathway. Thank you, Brother Dan. If you were to describe in maybe just a paragraph the day and the age and the time that you are living in right now, what would you write down? You know, I think of the words of a poet a long time ago, and he wrote words about like this. He said, we are living and we are dwelling in a grand and an awful time. You know, I think we'd all agree that we are living in a time when the world is tumultuous before us. We're living in a time when there is a vortex of confusion in the world. We are living in a time when the information age in the world is full of deception. You know, I think this morning we'd also agree, agree that we live in a time of abundant blessing. Abundant blessing. And the power of an abundant life in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah for that. You know, I think this morning we ought to consider this one of the most refreshing times in our lives. Starting out a week like this, being together, being able to worship the Lord, what a privilege. I don't know how long that'll be, but let's take advantage of it in blessing this morning. You know, I think of the prophet. He recorded the words of God like this. He said, you know, there's coming a day whenever there's going to be a famine in the land and it's not going to be for bread and water. 
but it's going to be for a hearing of the word of God. And he said, men are going to go from sea to sea. They are going to run to and fro on the earth, searching for truth, the word of God, and they won't be able to find it. And you know, I think, at least in part, we're probably in part of that already today. Hallelujah, we can be together this morning. As I think of what that old prophet said, I want to use for a text this morning a question that a man had from one of the oldest books in the Bible. I want to use this question this morning for my text. Where shall wisdom be found? You know, just before Job asked that question, he had an insight. He said, there is a path which no fowl knoweth, which the vulture's eye hath not seen. Now, why don't you think about that just a moment? Before he asked this question, where shall wisdom be found? This was his insight. You know, a vulture can see a rabbit from two miles away. A vulture can see a carcass of a beast from at least four miles away. A hidden path of wisdom. Where shall wisdom be found? It is also revealed to Job. With the ancient is wisdom. With him is wisdom and strength. He hath counsel and understanding. With him is strength and wisdom. Three verses. Three times it mentions God. In all three verses, it mentions wisdom. This morning we'd like to talk for just a moment about the source of wisdom. Where shall wisdom be found? Wisdom originates in God. That's what Job said in these three verses. Wisdom originates in in God. I want to illustrate this point. I'd like for you children to especially pay attention to this story I'm going to tell. It's about a king, and when I get finished telling the story, I want you to tell me who the king's name is. This is a story in the Bible and it's recorded in the book of Daniel. It says this king had a dream, and his dream was so troubling to his spirit that he couldn't even sleep. And so he called in all his magicians and his astrologers and his sorcerers and the Chaldeans, and he said, uh, tell me what my dream's about. Well, he said, uh, 
maybe you ought to tell us a little about your dream. He said, I don't remember any of it. He said, there's not a thing I can tell you about my dream, but I want you to tell me what it means. And he said, unless you do, well, first he said, if you will, he said, I'll give you gifts, I'll give you rewards and honors. But he said, if you don't, if you don't tell me, he said, I'm going to kill you. In fact, I'm going to cut you up in pieces and destroy your houses. And uh, they said, well, you, you've asked a really, really rare thing. He said, there, there's not even a man living on the earth that could do that. You can't tell us a thing that you dreamed and then you want us to tell you what it meant? So uh, the king just told the, the captain of his military forces, just go out and kill them all. And among those uh, wise men that were supposed to be able to tell him what his dream was about, it included Daniel and his comrades. So Daniel told this uh, captain of the military, he said, you just go back and tell the king here, he said, uh, just give us a little bit of time. Don't be too hasty with your decision just to kill us all. Just let us have just a little bit of time here. So Daniel sought wisdom and mercy of God. And God revealed the secret of this dream to Daniel in a night vision. And this is what we want. This is the point we want out of this. The proclamation of Daniel after that revelation. This is what he said. And we're coming back to where wisdom originates. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. Who was the name of the king? Any of you can say it. There we go. Nebuchadnezzar had that dream. So wisdom originates with God. I'd like to think a little bit about the wisdom of God in creation. Psalmist wrote a verse about like this. O Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom thou hast made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. And then another writer comments about the wisdom of God like this in creation. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. I'd like to think about the phrase in there that says the earth is full of thy riches. I'm thinking about the wisdom of God in creation. And I suppose our minds would go to Maybe some of the rich natural resources, the precious metals, the fuel the earth uses. But I'm thinking of something real simple today that's common to all of us when I think about the wisdom of God in creation. In the spring, I suppose that most of us encounter the little yellow flower 
and it's called the dandelion plant. I'd like to think about the wisdom of God in what we think is a nuisance, just a dandelion plant. The dandelion is high in nutrition. It is filled with vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin K, vitamin E, vitamin B. It will detox the liver. It is healthy for the skin and the eyes and it fights cancer. That's just to name a few. Just a simple dandelion plant. The wisdom of God in creation. Now I've got a question for you. Do you think the discovery of vaccines of men will ever excel God's wisdom in creation? I realize that God has imparted wisdom to man, and that's really a subject for another time. But often, man's natural intellect can be against the wisdom of God. I think it's uh, the prophet Isaiah records that this was the reason why Satan fell in the first place. He had decided that his own intellect was greater than God's wisdom. And he proclaimed in several verses, I believe, this is maybe about the 14th chapter of Isaiah, you can read it, I will, I will, I will. He thought his wisdom and his intellect was greater than God's. And you know, he used this tool in the garden to deceive Eve. Not only was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil pleasant to look at and good for food, but it was desired to make one wise. And Satan used the tool of deception about our own intellect being wiser than God. You know, there's lots and lots of scripture in warning of how we are to evaluate our own intellect and wisdom. In fact, I think our whole Sunday school lesson was about that this morning. About how we are to really evaluate our own selves and our own strength and our own wisdom. I think of uh, another proverb that goes about like this, Be not wise in thy own eyes. And then as we move on into the New Testament, there's a lot of verses and scriptures there. Be not wise in, thy, in your own conceits. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. There's no sufficiency in any man of himself to think anything of himself but his sufficiencies of God. And then as we move along, there are some verses that even get more serious. If a man think himself to be something 
When he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. That's pretty strong, isn't it? You know, about 35 to 40 years ago, I had the privilege to interact with a man off and on on several occasions who was a wise man. And this man had been given authority and spiritual leadership. I learned a lot of lessons from that man. And I'll just uh, use one for an example. You know, when that man was asked a question in a public setting that could probably have been divisive, he would always answer wisely. He would say something like, well, that would be something that maybe we could consider. In his wise answers, I never ever did see a time when he let any of the audience before him in public know what his personal opinion was. That's wisdom. Wisdom originates in God. Where shall wisdom be found? The man knew that he had no self-sufficiency and he hid his own opinions he was not conceited in his own wisdom. You know, there's a, there's just such a blessing in being broken before God, numbled before him. And, you know, without this virtue, there's a lot of verses in the Bible of warning. But without this virtue, the Bible says this. The wisdom of the world is foolishness with God, for it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness, and again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they're vain. Where shall wisdom be found? The wisdom of the world is foolishness with God. In fact, uh, I think it is James in his writing, he records words like this he says uh, we'll have to put some of this in our own words but any wisdom that's not from God is earthly it's sensual and that means my own thinking that justifies my desires of my body and my flesh in fact it's devilish it says that's the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of the natural man well let's think about uh, Let's think about the wisdom of, of God in redemption. I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians, 1st chapter. We'll just read a few verses together here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I think we'll just start out here about the 19th verse. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For after that the wisdom of God, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, 
and to the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them that are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God, and the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God, completely set apart and foreign to human reasoning, brought forth a plan to save man. That's what these verses say. Salvation from sin, a wise master plan, wisdom beyond the realm of human intellect. To the Greek philosophy, it was a stumbling block to the Jews, to trying to gain favor of God and salvation by good works. It was foolishness. But this scripture says, but to those who surrender to God and embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. Now, if you'll turn your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, third chapter. Ephesians 3, 8. Unto me, who am the least of all saints, this is Paul speaking, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of this mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now unto principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wisdom of the cross! The wisdom of God, the wisdom of the cross. Foreign and foolish to the world. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Holy God became man, Jesus Christ, both 100% man and 100% God. All the perfection of a holy God kept by Jesus Christ then sacrificed at the cross and given all men everywhere opportunity to be justified by faith alone in Jesus Christ's sacrifice before God. The wisdom of God. The wisdom of the cross. O oh, depth of riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For if known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor, or who hath first given unto him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again, for of him and through him, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. The wisdom of God, the wisdom of the cross, the wisdom of redemption. You know, had it been left to the wisdom and the intellect and the reasoning of man, Jesus Christ would have never been born. The wisdom of God. Well, I'd like to think about the source of wisdom in Jesus Christ for just a moment. 
This is wisdom that is centered in a person. Wisdom of God, wisdom of Jesus Christ, centered in a person. Well, let's, let's just think of, it, of him as a person for a moment, Jesus. He was born because of the wisdom of God. He did fulfill a plan in the wisdom of God. But let's just think of him as a human being on earth for just a moment. The Bible says that as a child, Jesus grew, he waxed strong in spirit, he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And in that wisdom he increased, and he increased in stature and in favor with God and man. He was 100% man, and he grew and developed naturally, just like we do. And yet all that while, he was still 100% God. Let's just, uh, let's just take a time of his childhood. We don't read very much about it, but there was a time when he was a lad just 12 years old. It illustrates both sides of the wisdom of Jesus Christ. As a lad, he sat at, before the doctors in the temple and he listened to them. He asked them questions and he answered their questions. And this is what is recorded. All were astonished at his understanding and answers. And so then as Jesus became a young man, he entered his ministry, and there came a time in his teaching ministry when he preached a very inspiring sermon, and uh, men asked this question, whence hath this man this wisdom? Well, isn't this just a, a carpenter, son of uh, Joseph and Mary? Where did he get this wisdom? You know, I think of a time when Jesus preached one of probably the greatest sermons in the Bible, dealt with a wide range of kingdom living and kingdom teaching. And after he delivered this Sermon on the Mount, it says the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught with authority and not as the scribes. And so the economy of the day was a bit upset by his authority and wisdom and teaching, and especially the spiritual leaders. So they sent out officers to try to trap Jesus in his speech and bring him before them. They came back empty-handed, and the chief priest asked him, how come you didn't bring Jesus back to us? And they said words like this said, never man spake like this man, the wisdom of Jesus Christ, the source of wisdom. His teaching and response was beyond the mind of the natural man, and it still is today. Just want one verse here for us to think about this. 
The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. I worked with a man one time, and um, he had some problems understanding what we were doing. And uh, he said, How's, he says, why don't we just trade places? You just, you just come up here where I am and I'll go where you are. And he said, then we'll have this thing all figured out like we were supposed to. And you know, it wasn't because he was a, a man of so much ignorance. It was just simply he had not experienced anything in this realm yet. And that's what this scripture is saying. Saying there's two different realms. There's a natural realm where men don't understand, have no wisdom in the spiritual realm. They are two different kingdoms and two different realms. The wisdom of God personified in the Old Testament, we're going to the chapter Brother Mike read this morning. We're not going to read this whole chapter, but we'd like for you to turn back there to the 8th chapter of Proverbs. And this is your homework lesson that you study this chapter verse by verse. This 8th chapter of Proverbs. And you'll notice in there that wisdom uses a personal pronoun, I, several times. Let's start out in the 22nd verse and reread just a few verses of this. Verse 22, Proverbs 8. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, Wherever the earth was, when there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there was no foundations abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world before Mount Everest, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea his degree and the waters should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundation of the earth, then was I by him as one brought up with him. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him, Rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth, and my delights were the sons of men. That is wisdom incarnated in person, Jesus Christ. Wisdom incarnated in person, Jesus Christ. And he came, verse 31 said, to rejoice in the habitable part of the earth and his delights. We're the sons of men. That's you this morning. Wisdom incarnate, personified in Jesus Christ. Let's, uh, well, I'll, 
I'll not ask you to turn there. There's just a couple verses prophet Isaiah uses that, that illustrates and affirms this. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. The spirit of wisdom revealed in a person to man. The spirit of wisdom, Jesus Christ. You know, we read a little while ago that Jesus Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God to men. Think about uh, another letter Paul wrote to another church, and he wrote like this, that in Jesus Christ are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The holy manifold wisdom of God given in the person of Jesus Christ to bless all mankind with eternal salvation if they will receive it. Where shall wisdom be found? Well, we haven't even talked about the source of wisdom coming from the word of God. We wanted to at least sometime we'd like to continue this subject and talk about the, how the word instructs us how wisdom is obtained, the value of wisdom and the practical life application of wisdom in our lives. But I think we'll quit right here for this morning. I would like to uh, just leave you a couple of verses in benediction this morning. These verses read like this. This is speaking of God about his son to us. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. So, to, as you go forth today and as you go forth next week, may you go forth in his wisdom, reflecting his glory. God bless you.